And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course. And it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. And we continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope. And we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX-11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX-10 now on sale and get RX-11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Steven, not Stefan. What's happening? Hey, Joe. Nothing much. How you doing? How's it going? Yeah, it's going well. Uh, I live in Los Angeles and uh, it rained for a couple days uh, yeah. pretty torrentially, but uh, it's super sunny now. And uh, But I like the rain. I'm from like the Philadelphia area. so. Oh, you are? Yeah. So um, where I go back there frequently and I'm always hoping for thunderstorms and rain. So got it. <laughs> How about you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm on tour, but I'm oh, home for cool. one day. Nice. So it's a little strange, you know. Try not to unpack. Try not to get that tour sheen off me too much. Where are you going next? Tulsa. Oh, nice. Play at Kane's Ballroom. Oh, nice. Which is a great place to play. Who are you on tour with? Cold War Kids. Okay. And and a band um, called Howdy is opening up. Okay. They're proving to be some radical dudes. Oh, that's like nice. Where are they from? Seems like they're from all over the place. A uh, couple Texases, and I think a Los Angeles, and maybe a Nashville guy. Ah, cool, cool. I'll check yeah. them out. Yeah. So you're not a West Coaster. Uh, you are from Philly. Yeah, I'm from the Philadelphia area. And um, and then after school, I, I lived there full time. I lived in, as I mentioned, I lived in Portland a couple of times, mm-hmm. and, or Oregon a couple of times, and I lived in Chicago before I arrived here, and uh, I lived in El Salvador off and on for a couple of years oh, wow. as well. Did Did you grow up in the Northwest or Northern California? Cool. Um, but at this point, I think I've I've surpassed the amount of time that I've lived in California, being 
living in the Northwest. Oh, pardon. Yeah. And I go back to Philadelphia pretty frequently. So uh, I love it there. And I like it here, but I you know, miss it there too. What was your, your uh, formative or youth relationship with music like? Was it there in Philly? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I didn't start playing guitar um, until much later, uh, but I found like a Grandmaster Flash uh, cassette in my uh, in my brother's uh, boombox, <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. and I just became obsessed. I think that was the beginning of my obsession with music. I think I was maybe eight years old. Big moment. I I still have the cassette too. Actually, you do. Yeah, that's funny. I I have my very first cassette also. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a recording of uh, Social Distortion. Cool and red scare and someone else but we recorded it by just putting a boom box in front of one speaker off a turntable wow my cousins gave me this cassette nice cool cool yeah i don't know where mine came from my my family aren't like big music people necessarily um Mm -hmm. so it's i have no idea where grandmaster flash tape came from right but i'm glad it was there So were you going to shows in Philly when you were younger? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, what was that scene like when you were there? Well, when I was, you know, I I, I was like pretty much a rap, really into rap music until I was mm. in high school. Like it never stopped. I think what my first concert was the Jackson Victory Tour. And I don't know how old I was for that. But uh, and then... Uh, I don't know what it is with the Jacksons, but my second concert was uh, <laughs> was the Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation tour. <laughs> uh, right. But then I saw Public Enemy when I was in high school or middle school or something. Um, but in, in high school, you know, I was you know, I couldn't get in a lot of shows, and uh, I you know wasn't into rock music until much later. So I wasn't going to like DIY punk rock shows. Which, in hindsight, I wish I, I was seeing stuff, you know. Yeah, big time. There was some good stuff going on there. Yeah, especially at that era, and uh, yeah, you know, it's like funny even thinking of a sh- seeing the Jackson when I was however old I was. I think, wow, I could have seen that band if if I was nine years old, and I kind of remember it. I would have remembered it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But. When did you start getting into the indie, or did you ever get into the uh, indie rock scene and shows? I think probably, probably like or like when I was like twenty five or twenty seven, maybe even mm-hmm. a little later. Yeah, because I was going to see um, a lot of music at like in, on the Lower East Side in New York. So I would go down, yeah. up there a couple times a week from Philadelphia for probably like. 15 years or something and when i go east i always go there i love that music scene in that community so it was around then when i started uh checking out that stuff and and that was really pretty exciting i mean the lower east side stuff was a total mind blow because i got really into jazz um in early college and then you know for a couple years you know you listen to art blakey or you know coltrane or whatever um but then for a couple of years, I didn't think there was any like good stuff, you know, happening at that time. Not in a snot, not in a snotty way. I just didn't know. And then I guess someone turned me on to a couple of musicians. And when I heard it, my mind was blown. And then like the first time 
I went to Tonic and I saw Joey Barron and, you know, I, I was able to see Jack DeJanet and, and Alvin, and Alvin Jones, but just to see Joey Barron from five feet away, yeah. it just, it was pretty, uh, like just, it was, I mean, you, you get it. <laughs> it was, yeah, it yeah. was a mind blow. And, um, how, uh, so you said you got to see Elvin, uh, yeah. not to, um, no, we could talk about him the whole time. I have no idea. How, no cl- how close that. were you to him um, physically when you were watching? I would say like 10 feet away from him. And he was, he was still playing like, he was still great. You know what I mean? Um, it, but I, yeah. Yeah. The reason I ask about is, uh, I've saw him a couple times in Seattle and the reason I ask about the proximity is because he does this growling thing. Did you hear that? Yeah, I don't. I couldn't say that that I remember yeah. the growling of that day, but I know I probably did. <laughs> it was just so cool. I don't know. It was just such, it's such was such a memorable thing. I think I was at a drum clinic too, where he was playing by himself. So maybe my memory is you know my memory is skewed of hearing him. I might not have been able to hear him with the band, well, but um, I believe you. And either way, he was doing it. So you know <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah, he did a really funny thing um, at the drum clinic. He was just kind of mostly kind of fielding questions, some technical, some too technical. Not that he's not technical, but right. he didn't seem interested in getting real technical. Right. It seemed like he was real, real about feel. Right. And then at some point, everyone kept trying to like a lot of technical questions about Love Supreme. Oh, and God. he was kind of like, uh, he was just kind of like, deflecting them a little bit in a nice way and then finally the last thing he does he goes maybe maybe you guys have heard this and he just starts playing it and it's just like whoa yeah whoa, whoa. yeah bonkers i can't imagine asking him technical questions i think i would just ask him to tell stories but that's me yeah and i don't understand yeah. technical stuff so I, well, that's yeah yeah <laughs> Well, so it sounds like, I mean, I, I'm sure you were into all kinds of stuff, but you, you kind of went towards jazz yeah. in your formative years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, but I've always, like, I still love that era of rap. I've, it's kind of lame, but I feel like after I bought, <laughs> like, Step Into the Arena by Gangstar and some one of the Drive yeah. records, that was, like, the end of me buying rap music. But I, I, I check stuff out, like the classic stuff and and then reggae yeah. i mean i went really deep into reggae um oh great so i want to ask you what well, what about you but i guess that's about me today so, this is about yeah, you so we can uh, I, i'll be able to answer this i can answer this question um and and in regards to your new record because we're here to really talk about elvis he was a schlager is that the right yeah schlager? yeah yeah okay so we're here to talk about your new record Elvis, he was a schlager. Yeah. Um, and it is a very intriguing and uh, interesting conglomeration of jazz and experimental pop, I hear in there, and um, some kind of krautrock grooves. I don't, I forget the other word. I'm not supposed to say krautrock anymore, but I forget the other word. I think word. it's Everyone m- knows music, cosmiche. Cosmiche. Music, cosmiche, grooves. And um, a lot, a lot of repetition, but beautiful rhythmic repetition that you can do. You've demonstrated that. A lot of people don't 
they don't make the repetition beautiful as far as my ears are concerned. Anyways, it's it's this combination of all this stuff, and I hear a lot of it very clearly, but it may seem like my description is dense, but there's so much freedom, mm. like like um, aesthetic freedom, not even not even sonic freedom. Yeah, it's really a. a radical listen wow. and to answer your question about the influences this record i hear like all of my preferences boxes checked wow it's just like truly up my alley and um and i'm new to your music which is surprising to me because we're learning we have the same friends yeah clearly some of the same tastes yes um and so that's sort of the answer to my uh my kind of what I'm into by describing your record, which again, sure. I love. Um, Thank you, Joe. But how is this different than uh, the last Church Chords record? Well, this is the first Church Chords record, actually. Okay. And I mean, I should say, um, you know, this is to a, like a larger extent as a collective. Um, and the record started um, eight years ago in Chicago, um, mm. it was kind of, uh, pilfered from a, like a failed session, not a failed mm -hmm. session, but maybe the players were great. Um, and they played really well, but I kind of thought the music was kind of corny, like the concept mm -hmm. or something <laughs> like that. Um, so, um, so with this, um, I'm serving more as the producer. And so I brought in a, a lot of people to play stuff in terms of freedom. I did give them freedom. I mean, I think I told one musician to um, invoke, uh, invoke like Dwayne Allman, if he was like playing on Mother Sky by Can. You know, I kind of told him, wow. yeah, can you do that? Or, you know, whatever, Electric Miles. Um, but, you know, there's a bunch of like, it's a lot of guest drummers. So, um, I'm, I am playing guitar on it, but I, for the most part, like I just, um, mute at my guitars just cause, um, you know, if you have the people that are on there, uh, and I'm just like a, you know, average guitar player. Sorry. I don't know if, if I answered your question, what was like, but I kind of wanted to make sure like you and the yeah. listening viewers know that that's, that's like John Herndon or that's uh, whoever, like Kenny Wallison, who um, another favorite yeah. guitar player. Kristen slipped singing on the entire record. Is that right? It's, it's a really convoluted project. So um, if, if things don't make sense, um, yeah, so Kristen sings on a bunch of songs, and she wrote lyrics for some. And then uh, Ricardo Diaz Gomez, who's um, he wrote lyrics for a lot of songs, and then Matt Malin wrote lyrics. But then there's different singers. So there's um, Kristen uh, Takako Minakawa. Uh, uh, let's see who else. Gosh, I don't want to forget uh, Tama Defreitas, Genevieve Artadi, and then Phenom. Um, who like you might know them? Do, do you know Sema and uh, they had a, the band was called Ohm and now they're called Fina. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I know. Um, I thought you yeah. might know them, uh, but anyway, and uh, oh, and Akko Castra. She Akko sings on Sweet Magnet, and uh, yeah, she's she's super rad. 
so you started this eight years ago. Yeah. What, do you remember what? Do you remember what you were? Don't rub it in, Joe. Okay. No, I'm not. No, I'm no. I, I, uh, time is real. Time is relative. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you remember where you were at? Like, did you have a goal in mind, or did you just start tracking, or, or, or collaborating with these people, or did you have bed music? Um, did you say bed music or bad? Yeah. Oh, bed music. Bed. What's that mean? Like Town Zanzant waking up with like, with Marie written for like no, in his head? No, no, <laughs> no like, uh, you know, some basic tracks. Oh, shit. Share, yeah. share with people and like riff over this. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sing over this. So that's fine. The only thing I didn't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think it was bed music. But, yeah. So, um, I, yeah, in 2016, when I I was living in Chicago, and uh, I I had been playing a bunch of music with a drummer and guitarist out there, uh, and we were playing weekly and kind of say, playing the same, my same like riffs, you know. I mean, a lot of mm -hmm. my music is just like three riffs cobbled together, mm -hmm. and um, so I had this idea to. Um, almost like to think of like a longer, slower Sabbath song or, you know, just something real slow. And then I thought, imagine if you had like dark horns, um, like the contralto mm. clarinet and the bass clarinet. And then there's this, um, and then, uh, Katie Young is, uh, someone I met. So she played like process bassoon so it's like a, oh, wow. a bassoon through a digitech red whammy <laughs> like i don't know if you know those but and like that's one of my favorite sonic things but and then there was like the arp and the organ and pedal steel so i thought like imagine if that was on top of like a i don't know like a stoner rock song for lack of a sure. better and uh it was funny because after i did like the rough mix of it where i still kind of didn't get the concept of mixing and uh i remember I'm, i was like driving and listening to the rough mix i was like oh my god this is fucking corny like and i <laughs> and just corny is something you can never be you know there's no way that corny is good unless you're trying yeah. to be corny um and it was funny and maybe this is too long long-winded of an answer but i grew up watching a lot of sports and uh i think like the university of miami uh marching band would play like Iron Man. I'm sure most high school marching bands oh, play gotcha. Iron Man. And again, as yeah. like as someone who wasn't into rock music, I remember hearing that and be like, wow, that's so like tough sounding or whatever. That's funny. And I thought that would be so cool. But then when my record sounded like that, I was just like, oh <laughs> fuck. But I knew that I would use like there were so many great sounds and so many great players. So I thought, well, I'll I'll use this somewhere. Um, and then I'll never show my face in Chicago again, which, uh, ended up happening cause I moved a month later, not because of uh, that, not because of that, yeah. that it was a great time there. And, um, I, it's, it's cool because my, the people I met in Chicago, uh, were really good to me when I, when I moved here. Yeah. Well, I want to play, um, sweet magnet. Cool. Down with that. Yes. All right, here we go. Thank you. 
tune man thank you joe did a two mile dog walk and listened to that tune about Ooh. 10 times this morning nice what kind of dog so do you great. have i have a golden doodle and a miniature dachshund i got two of them uh frankie and sunny cool yeah um back to this tune that this yeah well one thing i want to say before i forget um a lot of these songs have incredible guitar solos on yeah yeah i'd say i'm not that versed in guitar jazz but um you know there's some kind of jazzy guitar stuff but there's also like some filthy filthy like 
processed guitar, yeah. almost like Greg Ginn dissonant soloy kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Every one of them is like a wonderful surprise. I agree. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, and again, that's not me, so I have no problem saying I agree because they're you yeah. know some of my favorite guitarists. And you know, you're asking about Total Freedom. You know, they had Total f- Freedom. Other than She Lays on a Leaf, that was the one where I gave. I think for. Um, uh, owned by lust that was another one where i just told mm. someone to go bat shit man they're so great but that's not the only element i enjoy i mean again it's the whole package of of every song um it's a little insider because we both record music and play music but i can't help but wonder how you track did you well i guess it was over eight years so you probably did every version of tracking can you stop saying that number, please? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't I'm, think it's a bad thing. I'm I think it, I mean, <laughs> no, to be and to to kind of, uh, I I have made like four other albums in that time. So, but this is one I okay. want really the just right. And you know, I lost a fucking hard drive at one point, which oh, was fuck. not good. But um, yeah. yeah um, but yeah, I mean, basically, you know, the first session was in chicago and then there was a session in long beach and then after that i mean i mostly people did it uh remotely i mean i bet you 80 percent of it was done remotely um but then a couple people here tracked in person which was really fun mm-hmm. that was really Where in fun. long beach uh do you know chris schlarb oh god i think he's, so he's a really strong producer and uh he uh is has a, a label and uh yeah i would again i would i would speculate a lot of your friends have worked there do you know mark shippy like from us maple do you know about him i've only seen that band a couple times that's yeah. as close as i've ever been to them yeah we did a session there and we did something at toshi's as well but i think <laughs> at first like maybe chris was mystified by like mark's whole thing but there, I mean, Mark's got, or Chris has got like big, big years and is open-minded, but that was fun. Um, actually we did do another day, pardon me, at, at, in Long Beach. Um, but that, and that was just Mark and that was a treat because, um, and I same with Tos- Toshi, I think everyone was like, wow, you know? So, and, uh, to Toshi Kasai, who is our, our friend and, oh, yeah. uh, engineer producer maker of the my... tifas the inventor of the yeah. tifas <laughs> i just got my tifas the other day he recorded uh my drum record that i made with dale crover and cody willis and um it's interesting i was just uh, kind of doing a little research on you and we have a lot of ties yeah definitely. Uh, toshi being one of them and you know dale as well yeah those guys are great and they again they've been really good to me and uh yeah, I'm really grateful for them. And then, of course, they're both, you know, amazing at what they do. I think you and Dale should make a record together. Yeah. I mean, actually, Dale and I did, Dale tracked some drums for for me that I have, but we haven't, or I haven't done anything with them yet. But, I mean, isolated, like Dale, well, anyone's anyone that we're talking about listening to their isolated tracks is so exciting. You know, Kenny Wallison, who's, uh, plays a lot of, uh, plays a lot on the album, plays both drums and percussion. 
but man, like I love listening to his isolated tracks. He's playing fives and then he's like dragging a rubber ball on a steel drum. And, uh, he has these things called the marching machine, which is like a net full of like children's clogs. And he just like drops it. And it's, you know, I, I, I was there for him tracking that in Brooklyn. And, uh, that was, that was so rad. And then, I mean, uh, this, I'll, I'll stop my blathering, but I remember, um, with the one song, uh, telling, uh, Kenny, I'm like, Hey, can you play, you know, I mean, I have to admit, I did say kraut rock, uh, but I, I say, could you play like a kraut rock beat? And he's like, well, what do you mean? And then I just like, I put like something up to his ear or whatever. And he listens for like 20 seconds and he's like, okay. And then he just plays this amazing, uh, just this amazing groove where, you know, someone commented that it's like a minute in the song. He still hasn't done a drum fill. So, right. But anyway, yeah. Dale Crover, Kenny Wallison. Wow. Yeah. Well, whatever you did, you, you made some magic here and it, um, it just, I don't know. I can't say enough about how, how fun it is to listen to it, especially with, with headphones. A real focused listen is really fun. But I, Thank you. As, as we're talking, um, and you, you, you were mentioning that you're pretty influenced by hip-hop as a young younger person. Yeah. I could see a lot of this fitting into a sort of experimental hip-hop world, which I'm just starting to learn about. Yeah. Well, um, P. Killer, excuse me. That would be fun. I, actually, yeah. there is a song. Um, that, so, I think "Owned by Lust" a little has that vibe a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I kind of think that sounds like if like Patti Smith was singing a Gil Scott Heron. Yeah, all these songs uh, are there's lyrics written by someone else, and Ricardo has one that's probably hip hop sounding. Um, yeah, but yeah, I wasn't trying to be hip-hop for sure um but i think it's funny because of of, of someone who's on the record said that same thing where i don't like know sonically but he just said conceptually how um i brought in all these you know producers and i mean you know it's one of these things where the musicians on there got writing credit so it's very much a collaboration man i mean it, it really is and that's not uh, it's it's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I might have put the people together and all that, but it's um, it's it's really about them. And um, yeah. So, what are the odds of playing live? Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Any version. I think. Well, like. Well, I've been told to think about doing this and, uh, but it's just, it seems really daunting. There's so many players on it and, you know, I mean, shit, like one of them is in Brazil and Portugal. So, yeah. um, but that said, I, I think we might do a couple of shows, maybe just, you know, Philadelphia, New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles. We'll do a house concert for you in Seattle. Um, but, uh, I'll set it up. Thank you. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, may, maybe at some point, but it just seems cool. really daunting. And, you know, I started a record label in the fall. So, uh, which is really fun. It's, it's really exciting, but, um, I think maybe in 
the fall i'll start thinking about it maybe All fall right. fall next year i'll actually um do it but yeah that that would be rad and what's your uh what's your label called it's called otherly love like the okay. like brotherly love without yeah. the burr and that and that's what this record is on and it'll coming out february 23rd right yeah 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 all right okay well we'll wait till the fall um <clears throat> so i noticed on your Instagram that you've got a couple, at least a couple references to one of my favorite bands of all time, the Minutemen, either oh, some yeah. D Boone or some, some Watt. Are you yeah. a Minutemen freak like me? Yeah, very much. Jeez. Definitely. Yeah. It's funny. There's um, a friend of mine's father is a big, uh, is a big John McLaughlin fan. And uh, yeah, he, he said that his father says like John McLaughlin at least once a day. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 I'm probably that with D bone, but I mean, I, I like amongst other people. I mean, I'm a super fan boy. Um, yeah. Like I oh think my. I'll always be a fan of music before uh, my own stuff. Um, I mean, definitely I will be, um, but yeah, no, I mean, the Minutemen, uh, it's funny, when I first heard the Minutemen, I didn't particularly like it. Um, mm -hmm. my, my friend Patrick Bresnan, uh, he was, he had this CD and, uh, yeah, I checked him out. Um, it's really funny. I, I don't admit this much, but I, I, I got, I'm really into the Almond Brothers, which I'm proud to mention, but I got into like. Uh, government mule which is like a side project of theirs and uh there's like a, a in it like a, a documentary that was made about them and watt was on it and uh i had no idea who watt was and it was when he was wearing those like rifle or you know those those yellow glasses and yeah yeah and, and the, the the documentary there's just like a all these different bass players and they interview watt and I was just like kind of mystified because at that point I wasn't like familiar with punk rock music or any of that stuff. I just didn't know that world. And uh, so afterwards, I remember putting on the Minuteman and I just didn't like it. And I was like bummed just because it was one of those things on paper I really liked. But when I heard it, mm -hmm. I wasn't into it. And then later I got into it. And, you know, just the fact that they were into Robert Quine and Blood Ulmer and they had, they have they had like have amazing politics and uh yeah, it's and they're really into history. It was it was pretty exciting. Did did you ever? You seem a little young to have seen them. Did you did you see them or? No, I didn't get to see them. I saw Firehose probably three or four times. Nice, but no, yeah, yeah. I was too young to see them. Yeah, but my my experience with them was I was only punk rock sonically, all SST bands, but you know, it's all like punk, fast punk sure sure punk, whatever yeah and everything else i listened to and then somehow they came into my orbit and i was like well the drumming's good so here here goes i'll i'll listen and then and then you start reading their liner notes and their yeah. ccr references and blue, blue oyster cult references yeah. and they gave this this freedom to be you can be punk you can listen to ccr and yeah. still be punk and uh diy and all that stuff and i was just they just, I, I, I became obsessed with them. Right, right. And still kind of am. I mean, it's like. Oh, me too. Yeah. I was in Pedro last week. And uh, whenever I go there, I always, um, 
I go to like where D Boone and Joe Biza lived and go to the grave site. So yeah, I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty into it. And, and it's been great to be able to see Watts so frequently because he played a lot. So that's been nice. Yeah. It's very strange. We have so much in common and friends in common, and we could probably talk for about 50,000 hours on all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and yet we haven't ever crossed paths. Yeah. Now well, we're going I'm sure to. it'll happen. Yeah. Are you coming down to Los Angeles anytime soon? Yes. I'm going to come down in a, next month. So cool. I yeah. might bother you. No, I mean, it's not bothering me. Come on. Um, yeah. I'll, um, you know, we can I'll, jam. I'll... We can jam some of these new tunes. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you can be the touring drummer. And what did yeah. I say? Fall twenty twenty five or no? Fall yeah, fall twenty twenty five. Are you booked yet? No. But now I am. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, uh, again, congrats on this record. It's Thanks, out. Joe. Thanks for the twenty third. Of course, yeah, I, I'm. I really appreciate really, it. Really nice to meet you and and listen to these tunes. So, um. Bring it to the people if you can. I yeah. know it's daunting, but uh, do it if you can. If not, everyone go listen to this record. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for real, let's, let's be in touch. Thanks for your work, too. I'm sure it's uh, a lot of work. But, I mean, I think it's great because um, even archive-wise, I think people should be telling these stories. Yeah, that's my goal. So, anyways. Yeah, I'll bother you next month when I'm down there. Okay. Get your parts together. I'll, I'll practice right. too. And you won't All be right. bothering me. Stop saying that. <laughs> cool. All right, Thanks. take it easy, man. Thanks, Great to talk Joe. to you. You too, man. Bye. Bye. Is the real love.